0: season four of the Art of Teaching podcast. I'm Matthew Green and I'm so grateful that you joined me today. Before we get started, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you that have subscribed, listened and reviewed the episodes. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Today I have another very special episode to share with you. An interview with the incredible Aaron Johnston, who is an innovative school leader and teacher. Through his Instagram, Mr. J Learning Space, and through hosting weekly discussions as the co host of the Teacher Takeaway podcast, he passionately invests into and champions the teaching profession. Aaron is the real deal, and he continues to be a great sounding board and friend. I'm sure that you'll get something meaningful out of our wide ranging discussion today. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for uh, taking the time to chat. How are you
1: going? I'm doing well. I'm great. How about you?
0: Yeah, good. Good. We're in the final moments of our school holidays. Um, as I mentioned before, we hit record. Uh, you look a lot
1: more refreshed than I am. Uh, so, uh, what's your secret? What have you been up to? Not a lot. Just enjoying family time, trips to the park. Nice. You know, getting out and about while you know we can. As, as much as we can when we're in lockdown, but nice. yeah, just just enjoying time with the family does, wow. does wonders.
0: Much deserved, hey. I think yeah. they've uh, the families yeah. of uh, teachers have put up with a lot over the last six months, so to get some quality time together, I think is is really important. um Aaron, it is eight o'clock at night, but uh, if we were recording in the morning, what would your coffee order be so I can buy a coffee?
1: Oh, okay, uh, flat white, and usually in the biggest size it comes in
0: flat white I'm a strong flat white kind of guy um, how have you have you always been a flat white guy
1: yes yes always been a flat white guy um, yeah no. don't want to waste up waste too much room with too much foam so you know just get yeah, to the good yeah. stuff this is my thing
0: like I really want to try another coffee but I'm a bit scared because I think that it could be a wasted flat white so I, <laughs> I, I, I I'm too scared to try anything new uh, but uh, so what I' um, So, Aaron, what item is still on your bucket list? What would you like to do? Probably travel outside of the state? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what?
1: circumstances? At the moment, travel outside my LGA would be a dream come true. That's probably right at the top of the bucket list. Nice,
0: nice. And if you could have a dinner party with anybody, obviously your family um, are allowed to come. They don't take up seats. Uh, But who would be there? Who would you like to sit down with and have a chat over dinner?
1: Who would I like to sit down with? um I I probably would love to just for the you know fanning moment anybody from the cast of any of the Marvel movies because I am uh, any of them wow any of them I'll take any of them any wow. of them
0: yeah wow that's uh, that that's a that's a big dinner party um <laughs> so what what is it about Marvel that you uh, that you like
1: Oh, I just love it. I just, you know, I think it's that kid at heart. Love, love a good superhero story. Captain America is is my all time favorite superhero. Um, and if you come into my classroom, you will see that by all of the Captain America figures and paraphernalia everywhere. But um, yeah, I just love, just love superhero stories. I'm a classic comic book kid.
0: I think so. That's amazing. My uh, my wife is uh, well and truly into Marvel, and I'm I'm slowly um. I'm still only coming over to the dark side but it's uh it's it's a whole new world isn't it like I need a whole nother school holidays to sit down and watch them but uh yes, if you're a, if you're a novice like me at marvel what um what movie would you start with captain America? yeah yeah that would be my go to nice nice well uh yeah I'll uh, that'll be my summer holidays um Aaron what was your upbringing like and what are you most grateful for
1: um I grew up I'm the youngest of three kids I have two older sisters and my older sisters are quite a lot older than me um so big chunk of my I guess growing up years when mm. when I was a kid um was just with my parents and my sisters have sort of moved out and become teenagers and got jobs and things so um you know it was um it was an interesting home life school was I guess for me a safe place and um a place where I'm grateful that I had teachers who really encouraged me and believed um, strongly in me and really spoke a lot of positive, positive things into my um, world, which did a lot for me believing in myself. Um, I guess my environment that I grew up with could have taken me down a very different path. But I'm grateful for teachers that really invested in helping build me up and, you know, helping me believe that I could do anything um, that I wanted to and could be bigger than my circumstance or my situation that i was in wow is there uh, any particular teacher that uh, that had a significant impact on your life yeah there's two um one was our librarian uh, mrs townsend and the beautiful thing is i'm still in touch with her today and i've had her come she's a children's author now and i've had her come and visit um My school, the schools I've been at on several occasions, um, you know, and she was just, I think because being in primary school, the librarian was the one person, even though you change classes year to year, she was that Mm -hmm. constant person in my life who, you know, we go to our library lessons and she was just always so encouraging and always believed the best, um, particularly me, but all, you know, obviously in everybody. Um, And then there was one other teacher who I am, again, still in touch with today, um, Mrs. Friend. Um, She's not teaching anymore. She's retired and moved on from teaching. But again, um, was just somebody who, you know, always just spoke positivity in life and was just Mm -hmm. a lovely person to be around for me I just remember just always feeling safe around those two people Mm. um and if there was something going on I knew that I could go to them and I think every every kid needs that person in their life particularly at school where they feel like this person is you know always for me and behind me and Mm. you know they're a safe a safe person or a safe Mm. you know space for them well that's um
0: that's really uh really significant. So Mrs. Townsend and Mrs. Friend. Mm. Um, How has that impacted uh, the way that you
1: approach your job?
0: And uh, is that the kind of teacher you would, you aspire to be like for your students?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A hundred, a hundred percent. They're, they're sort of, you know, my inspiration as a teacher, you know, I, I want to be that kind of teacher where, where kids feel like they are encouraged and Mm. believe that someone believes in them, that they, yeah. you know, there's someone that they can go to. So I always, you know, try and think, you know, what would, what would either of those two have done in this situation? Or, you know, trying to create that same, I guess, environment that they created for me as a student. Mm.
0: Um, For those people that uh, aren't aware of uh, your teaching journey and what you do, uh, would you mind just giving us a uh, sort of a brief history um, of your career in education? How did you get to here
1: yeah okay so i went to university straight out of high school to study teaching even though teaching wasn't my first choice um, teaching is where i ended up and i worked i guess casually for um about six months in you know a number of local schools after i graduated um, and some really you know challenging tough tough schools Um, I just wanted to work so I was happy to work anywhere Um, and then I managed to um, do a casual day at one particular school and um, some things changed with their staffing Um, and then I was offered the opportunity after doing a couple of casual days there to take a class, a job share, um, a class for the year. And that just kept rolling. I did that, was at that school for five years and, you know, had a number of opportunities to do different things. So I did, you know, wellbeing support and pastoral care and learning support and reading recovery as well as teaching class. Um, So got a, you know, I guess a broad range of experiences really early in my career. Um, And then I managed to get a permanent job after five years through merit selection. So, you know, I think it was about 18 applications down the track and I finally a permanent job at another school just you know around the corner five five minutes I away that. i know that feeling aaron i know that feeling but yeah it's good to know that you can finally get there you can you can just don't give up there were so many times i wanted to give up but just keep at it and yeah. um i you know was at that school for two years and in that time i sort of fell into the leadership so got the opportunity to relieve as assistant principal and i didn't really want to relieve as assistant principal it wasn't really something that was on my radar Um, But I did it because it was like, oh, there's nobody else to do it. And I'll just do it for a couple of weeks. And then it kind of ignited this passion in me for leadership because I've always been committed to, like, you know, being the best teacher that I can be and making a difference to the kids in my um, classroom. And I guess stepping into that leadership role made me realise that I can make a difference to all of the students in my cohort or my stage or my year group. And um, from then I... um, was you know encouraged or I would say pushed by my principal to apply for relieving positions at other schools because there were no more I guess opportunities to relieve at the school I was at anytime soon. They'd had a whole lot of new APs appointed, so it was kind of like, we, you know, you should definitely go down this road, but you know, you can't, you're not going to be able to do it here. So I got a relieving job for 12 months at a really small school, about 160 kids, and that was a great um, experience. And in that 12 months, I um, applied for an assistant principal job at the school I'm at as a little bit of a, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll have a go, I'll apply, I'll put an application together and I don't know how, how it worked out, but I got that permanent job and, you know, I've been um, at the school I'm at now for five years. So this is my 13th year teaching so my fifth year at the school, I'm at as an assistant principal in the last couple of years, I've um, taught stage one for two years, stage two for two years. And now I'm teaching stage three. Um, and the interesting thing about that is this wasn't planned, but I've followed that same cohort of kids now um, and taught them consistently every year since they were in year one. So, wow. yeah, interesting, interesting time. Lucky kids, eh? Well, I, I hope so. I mean, none of them hate me yet or poor kids it depends (laughs) yes (laughs) Yes. Um, Aaron that's that's really interesting there's so many
0: so many questions um about that Uh, and the first one is um leadership not being your first choice like yeah why why was that why do you think yeah I mean why why your hesitancy in, in
1: applying for leadership positions I guess as a as a classroom teacher looking at Um, what my I guess leaders or assistant principals did for me it just seemed like a lot of extra work that took you away from the classroom that was kind of my perspective of that person's always out of class I don't want to do that I just want to be with my class if that makes sense yeah Um, and like I said I have always had that passion of I want to be the best teacher that I can be for my students Um, and then I stepped into the leadership role and I guess saw the opportunity to help you know, bring about change and improvement, and the difference that you can make outside of your whole classroom on a on a bigger school, um, whole school scale. And I guess that sort of opened my eyes to the opportunity to make a bigger difference. Um, and for me, like I said, that's what I'm about. I want to to make a difference to the students that you know I have the opportunity to work with. So from that from that leadership, I guess um, opportunity, it really changed. I guess my perspective of what the role was really about. Mm.
0: and um how important do you think it was to get that teaching expertise and that teaching practice spot on first um because that was absolutely your focus and continues to be your focus and your main thing but how important was it to refine that craft
1: first yeah I think really important um I think the biggest thing when you are in leadership is you know I would never ask my my team, or um, expect my team to do something that I haven't done myself, or I'm not willing to do myself. Um, And so having some of those experiences to help bring about change and improvement, I think helps. Mm. Um, But I, I, like I said, I I did put my hand up for a lot in my early years to broaden my experience and get different skills. Um, Because one thing that my principal, um, my early years said to me is, you know, you're going to be applying for jobs, and there are going to be hundreds of people that you are competing with and what is what is different about Aaron, what is different about you to every other person um, because you have to think about mm. what's what's the difference, the point of difference yeah. that you bring in. So I think um, having a broad range of skills and experiences in those early years um, and oh. sort of being in that teacher role for um, a good seven years before I stepped into leadership allowed me to get some really great experience in working in, you know, different aspects of curriculum, but then also in well-being and welfare and things like that, which when you step into leadership, they're all the things that you try and do all in one go. Um, yeah. So I think having, you know, a good solid, I guess, understanding and experience in lots of those different areas really helped.
0: Fantastic. Sorry, I might have to edit that bit out. My little one just poked her head around the corner. <sighs> <laughs> the joys of uh, the joys of zoom huh? um okay so um so Aaron what currently outside of teaching sorry I'll rephrase I'll just edit that whole section out uh tell me about the teacher takeaway podcast and how on earth do you find the time to do that
1: <laughs> a very good question <laughs> so the yeah the teacher takeaway podcast um is a podcast that um myself and three other um leaders in um schools have started doing so we're currently up to episode 19 and we had been talking about so myself um beck west and alice because we had been talking about doing a podcast for a really long time the three of us we wanted to do and it was probably 12 months that we've been talking about doing a podcast wouldn't it be great to do podcasts We didn't even know what it would be about, but we were just like, let's do a podcast. And it just never happened. I think the three of us have kids and families and we're in leadership positions. So it was just life was very hectic. And then um, along came the fourth member of our teacher takeaway podcast, James. And uh, he brought the idea up and he was really the, the one that made it happen um and so he you know he really is the mechanic behind the podcast he does you know all of the editing and posting and putting all the episodes together um so we wouldn't have it without James um But one of the things that um, I think, like you said, you know, we're already life's so busy. Why do another thing? Um, Well, like I said, I want to make a difference, students, and on a bigger scale. But it's actually something um, all four of us, me in particular, really enjoy. Like I look forward to the times when we get together on Zoom and we have our chats, um, because there's just something about when you get together with like-minded people Mm -hmm. and you know, you people that are on the same page and Um, gleaning new ideas and discussing things that you know are areas of interest but you know it's it's a time where I look forward to you know the chats we have before and after recording where we just catch up and I think sort of lockdown life has helped that it's been a I guess a chance to connect and stay connected with you know good people that know I have you know respect and um, admire as well working with the four of them but um, you know we manage it you know as best as we can so we record you know a couple of episodes in a go so we're not necessarily recording every week um, but we just manage it I guess as best as we can around our lives and children and all of those things but yeah I guess the reason for it is yeah yeah you know, the four of us just want to make a difference and we're passionate about you know we're all in leadership positions and we're passionate about supporting our staff and supporting teachers and so you know to do that on a bigger scale through a podcast is a, is an awesome thing fantastic I mean it's um a
0: podcast is incredible and some of the topics like the the breadth of topics that you talk about is just um is just amazing and I I got sick of arriving at work feeling um stupider so i clicked onto your podcast and it's great to uh, arrive feeling uh, refreshed and excited and um, i just got sick of listening to radio you know and then yeah. I, I may as well use this time to to learn about quality feedback or learn about how to um uh, how to organize my reading groups and and it's it's really what you guys are doing is really quite incredible and thank you for putting in the time to do that like i no one ever has time to do anything and so the fact that you would carve that time out of your already probably crammed
1: schedules, we're incredibly grateful for. So mm. thank, thank you, you so much for that. Um, I'd say um, shout out to all four of our partners who obviously, you know, are gracious enough to, you know, let us have a moment every couple of weeks to, you know, record because, yeah. you know, they, they sit there in the, the lounge room on their own while we're in here, here having a chat and having a good time. I'm just looking over to my wife now, and she's
0: rearranging the bookcase in silence. Um, So it's just it is what it is. Um, But Aaron, what is it about that um, investing into the teacher community that? um, So why are you so passionate about that? I mean, because for people that don't know, uh, you also run uh, Mr. J's Learning Space, and there are, gosh, close to twenty thousand educators on that. And you've, I remember when you started that. And it's pretty much gone from nothing to a phenomenon. Might have to edit that out. (laughs) Um, But, and you've never, from my point of view, you've never been interested in the numbers and the, you know, the prestige and all that. It's just been about building that community of like-minded professionals so would you mind maybe talking a little bit about that about why sharing that expertise and that collaboration is important to you because there seems to be a common thread between what you're doing with the teacher takeaway podcast and also with all of the amazing resources that you share on your
1: Instagram so yeah why is that so important to you? Yeah, it's, it's important to me because I recognise the impact that having people, like I, I talked about those teachers that had an impact on me when I was a student, but I've had so many, I've been so fortunate to have so many people throughout my career um, that have, you know, been positively impacted my journey as a teacher yeah. um, and I am where I am today because of the investment they gave to me. Um, through their time and their encouragement and their ideas and I guess I realised you know not everybody has necessarily has that their context or their situation they may not have someone that they can you know I guess be encouraged or inspired by or um, you know have a positive impact on their their teaching practice um for whatever reason and so you know like I said I've always been um about supporting teachers and and helping wherever I can because that's where you know I I got to you know where I am today and I've grown as a teacher because Mm. um as an educator because I've had people like that in my world Um, and so I guess it's a way of I guess paying it forward yeah um in in a way you know returning the favor Um, and yeah it's just anything I can do that's that's going to help hopefully help somebody you know and I started my Instagram um, page simply out of the the fact of I guess I was working in a kind of a unique setting um, you know in a co-teaching environment and that wasn't something that a lot of people um, are doing but you know we can see education going down that road so I thought well I might share this journey and maybe people might get something out of it and I'll be able to connect with, you know, some other people and share ideas and things like that. And, you know, the, the community that is, you know, referred to as Teacher Graham is, is an amazing place because there are so many um, educators that now I have had the opportunity to connect with and form friendships with, um, you know, like yourself, um, who, you know, are amazing people that I continue to get great ideas from and be encouraged by. Um, and without that platform, you know we probably would have never met you mm-hmm. know there are so many great friendships and colleagues now that I have outside of my school um you know and and hopefully you know I can I can you know be that for somebody else yeah. um, and if it's made if it's able to make a difference to one person then it's it's totally worth it
0: yeah I mean I mean it, it it's so um it's so like your, the resources that you have created, uh, not just on your Instagram, but also through, the, um, through your podcast, obviously, with your uh, contributors as well, are, are really quite amazing because as, especially in terms of the podcast, like it's taking these quite complex things, like how do you structure your reading groups, how do you give feedback, and making it really applicable um, to, to teachers. And so I wish that had existed when I had first started teaching mm absolutely Um, and it's I think it's so great to see um that's one of the things I'm I'm continually inspired about is the the teacher community and just how generous people are to give up their time to have a conversation to share a resource because for me like the first couple of years of teaching for me were really hard and to be honest they were really lonely because Mm. I just didn't like I was in a supportive school of course but it was just very fast-paced and really difficult to build those connections and it's yeah. so nice to see just how people are sharing expertise sharing practice across these platforms and really really so important i mean and um, aaron there's a lot of noise in teaching a lot of new things a lot of uh there's always new professional development professional learning there's a lot of very um very pretty classrooms on instagram um how do you make sure and this is going back to the question I asked you before about making sure um, as you moved into that leadership practice how do you make a leadership position how do you make sure that you how do we make sure that our teaching practice remains about uh, remains about the students and we don't get distracted by all of this other stuff that's going on because look I, I used to find it pretty challenging seeing photos of people's classrooms and i knew all well and good that your reading corner looks amazing but i know that there is a a sandwich stuck in my computer behind me i know that a child's vomited on the floor this is the reality of teaching so how do we make sure that we are keeping our practice uh, all about our students and also to make sure that we are being honest about some of the challenges that we have in our profession I think a long question, sorry.
1: Yeah, you know, but it's a very valid one. And and I know when I first, I guess, started my Instagram page, I felt that pressure of Pinterest perfect. Um, but you know, hopefully, you know, that's not that's not the case anymore. I I went through a stage where, you know, it's always got to come back to the why. Everything Mm -hmm. that we do, why do we do it? And is it gonna be worth? And I know particularly in a leadership position now, not only am I asking why. But my time is very limited because I'm doing so many things at once. So I have to be thinking about is the time I'm going to invest in this thing, this new idea, this project going to have the impact that I want it to have because there's so many things I could do. There's so many great, um, you know, things that I could look at and go, oh, I want to put that into practice. Um, but number one, is it, is it going to make an impact on my students? Because everything I do, that's the why. I'm going to only do things that that have an impact. But... Um, is it going to be worth mm. the impact, um, you know, worth the investment? Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a challenge, yeah. you know, um, not getting caught up impact in... impact our students, won't it?
0: It's just, that's if, right. is this the thing that's going to be the most efficient or the mm. most effective, sorry?
1: Yeah. Will it
0: have the greatest impact? And that's, it's really difficult, isn't it, when you have all of that noise?
1: Yeah. And I think it's um, taking that time to stop and think and reflect before we try something new. um and asking those serious questions like you know number one is it going to make a difference and is it going to be worth the time that it's going to take um to get that up and running um but I think you know I hopefully I think I've you know seen a a change now in you know what people are putting out there on Instagram and things and I think we're starting to see more real honest Posting and talking about what it's really like, because I think people mm-hmm. have come to the realization of I don't have the time to to make a beautiful display. Um, and as great as displays are, maybe there's other things. There's more important yeah. things um, to mm-hmm. focus on. And and I guess that's why I I try I've tried to I guess in my my posts that I share um, hope that it people don't think it's about things looking pretty. Everything I post, I think. I want to post something that someone could use, mm. um, and and that is going to have an impact. Whether it's you know a resource or yeah. or something like that that that's going to be useful. Um, don't get me wrong, I love. I'm a super neat freak, and my classroom is pretty spotless. <laughs> um, but that's just my personal uh, yeah. thing, you know. No, I think I, um, I think y- y- your posts are definitely uh, stylish
0: <laughs> but with substance. I think, which is really nice. Maybe that could be a tagline for your. Uh, hashtag yeah. style and substance style with substance I like that. <laughs> I'll get that on a, on a mug for you and send it up for Christmas so uh, thank you thank you I, I'm just wondering Aaron uh, how do you um how do you define leadership
1: yeah really good question um there there's so many different I guess um ideas of of leadership mm-hmm. but yeah. there's one quote and I guess it comes I've seen a million leadership quotes Um, But there's one that comes that I've seen and it's always stuck with me. And it's it's an anonymous quote. Um, I came across it, I think, on Instagram. Someone shared it. And it was, leadership is not about um, being the best. It's about making everybody else better. And for me, that's what leadership is about. Um, You know, there are, you know, some leaders out there that, you know, want to be in leadership because they want to be better than everybody else. Um, but for me, leadership is about making sure that I am bettering um, and all of the people around me that I work with, not that they're not great, but they're better off because mm. of their interaction with me, whether it's my students or my teachers, not saying that they're not already doing good things. Yeah. But it's a hope that the, that they're better off in yeah. some way for having, you know had you know a leadership experience with me and for me that's that's my I guess core at my core of everything that I do is about helping others be better whether it's a better version of themselves or just Mm. do better um, in you know in their goals and things like that for me that's what I'm all about so for me that's what leadership is it's actually not even about me or getting anything out of it it's about that investment in others I think that's um that's
0: so important, Aaron. Do you think that notion has changed um, or,
1: yeah? Yeah, I think we are definitely seeing a shift towards, I guess you'd refer to it as that servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Um and that servant leadership model and I think we are starting to see um a shift towards that I just recently read um Simon Sinek's book uh, Leaders Eat Last mm-hmm. and that is just at the core for me reading that book it was like everything I believe as a person in a book it's like he tapped into my brain um and you know the core of who I am and what I believe and put it in the book so you know yeah. it's about others first well
0: wow. I mean that's um that's difficult to do though, isn't it? Yeah, like yes, it, it is. That's, I mean, I, I aspire to that. I, I I think that's so important. That idea of that sacrificial leadership where you are there to serve and you are there to uphold other. And I, I completely agree with you, but it, it's hard, isn't it? When you've got everyone going for the same job and when you've got everyone that's trying to sort of prove themselves. And, and, and I'm not saying that's what schools are like, but the reality is is that there's a, there's a lot going on, and I mm, think it's yeah. I, I think I know for myself in my sort of first year of um, first year of leadership in the school. Like I, I got a bit lost there. Like I kind of, I knew I was there for a limited amount of time. I felt like I had to get stuff done and prove myself. And I think I probably lost that idea of um, my role as a leader is to actually make you the people that I'm leading mm. better and to increase your professionalism to yeah. increase your understanding. Um, I'm thankful. I'd like to think that's swung the other way now. Um, yeah. And that yeah, Simon,
1: Sinek approach. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's that's tough and that's messy. Mm, definitely, and it's been a journey, mm. total journey for me. Um, it takes because you're a leader as well to be able mm. to say, "I'm here to serve you." Yeah. yeah, and particularly like I look back on my time arriving at the school I'm at now, and if I did it again, I'd do it totally different because mm. I came in very young, inexperienced, and I had that attitude of I have to prove how good I am. Um, And so I think a lot of decisions I made at that point in time weren't necessarily about what was best for the team, um, but it was about looking like we were the best um, because I felt like a young leader um, for many reasons, whether it was being the youngest leader in the team, um, that I had to prove my worth and I had to show how good I was. Um, because I guess I felt like I had a lot of people doubting. Um, yeah. And so it's been, you know, like I said, I'm, you know, six years into my leadership journey now. And I guess probably mm. a lot more secure in myself as a leader yeah. um, now that I've been doing it for a while and I, and it takes time. But um, I really wish if I could go back again and do it over, I would have that that shift in my attitude towards making sure that, You know, building relationships and things like that was was really what I focused on first. I know I just came in too hard and push push push. We're going to change this. We're going to change this. We're going to change this. this. With never really letting anybody see the why. Um, Mm. You know, don't get me wrong. I still lead a lot of change and improvement in the roles that I'm doing, Um, but I think now it's easier and people are more responsive because number one, they've got that relationship with me and they know my why. They know that anything that I do is coming from that place of doing what's best for our students. Yeah. Um, but it's, like I said, it's, it, it's a trap that I think every single leader falls into um, particularly when you're new to the leadership journey. Oh,
0: absolutely. That, that's exactly what I did um, when I first came in, um, in my first leadership role. Like you have this sort of, um, I felt like, like, to be honest, it was, I think it was a bit of imposter syndrome. Because I Absolutely. felt like, gosh, like, yeah. I don't want people to know I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but then you realise that people know that you have no idea because you are painfully insecure and you just want, you know, and you want to, you know, and I, I really, I found that difficult like because I think you, you want to build that trust, you want to be liked, but also there's an expectation that you get the right stuff done. And so I think mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't change that experience for anything. It was, it was particularly tough. Uh, but um, it's interesting, isn't it? Like how important yeah. do you think self-awareness is in leadership? Um, oh,
1: hugely yeah. important. Tell me a
0: bit about that. What's your experience been
1: like? Yeah, hugely important. And I um, I probably, like I said, I wasn't very self-aware at the beginning of my journey and it did bring um, about yeah. some issues and some complications that so, caused yeah. me to reflect and go, what is you know, what is everybody's problem? And then maybe going, hang on a minute, maybe I'm the problem. Yeah. Maybe the way I've approached this um, has been a problem. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? And so I that's think that's way. it's important that we, not just in leadership, but in everything that we do, even just as, as, you know, educators in general, that we are self-aware and constantly, I guess, reflecting and thinking about what we're doing and asking ourselves a question. And, you know, um, thinking about, you know, why am I doing this or why am I acting the way that I'm acting um, because, you know, it's always coming from a place, you know, of um, of something deeper. You know, I remember yeah. um, early in my teaching career, I would always put my hand up for everything and I would burn myself out and I, through becoming self-aware, I really had to, to look at, you know, I have a major people-pleasing problem, you um, mm. But I could have just kept going and kept doing it and kept pushing myself because I never wanted to let anybody down. I never wanted to, to tell somebody no. Um, and I guess too, for me in my personal journey as a, as a um, human, I had that need to please others because I needed that because of my life experience and growing yep. up. I wanted that, um, I guess, gratification of someone saying, you did a good job. I'm proud of you, yep. um, but you can't live your life like that twenty four seven, because you will burn out. Um, but too often we're not self aware, um, you know. And we go, oh, "I'm so tired," or "I'm so this," I'm exhausted. Rather than something going, but why am I doing that? Okay, yeah. I'm doing a million things. Why am I doing a million things? Um, maybe there's something else that is going on. And you know, that's been a, a journey for me right. as a, a leader, a teacher, human um, to really get to some of the the core deeper things going on yeah thank thank
0: you for your honesty I feel like you are describing me Um, uh, but it's (laughs) like thank goodness you thank goodness you took the time and you reflected and you noticed that that was not sustainable and it was something that you could develop and in many ways resolve and and there are some things that there's some sometimes you can read a book and it can change your life and other times it's going to take a lifetime mm. to walk through some of these issues and challenges, and continue to um, uh, continue to build your capacity in that area. And um, so tell me about how how do you sort of organize your week? Um, because you've got, like I said, you you you're a proud dad. You're married. You're building a house. You're doing all this stuff. Like you're leading part of a, a significant part of a school. Like you're like how do you Practically, how do you structure your week? Is it color-coded? Is it, um, do you use a calendar? Do you use notes? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, it's um, priorities. So I oh, interesting. I have a, um, one of the things I, one of the hacks I guess I use for my organization is I use the Google Keep app. Um, so if you haven't seen Google Keep, um, it's like a, I guess, a to-do list kind of organizer. Um, and in those, I've got different... Um, different categories of, of tasks so I often have you know executive tasks that have to be done um, or I've got stage things and class things and in each of those lists they're sort of prioritized um, in order so the first thing on the list is like the most important thing um, so my to-do list you know I'm huge on to-do lists and I used to be one of those people who I could not um, function I could not go to sleep until everything was ticked off mm-hmm and I've learned in my journey that that's not how life works and that's the to-do impossible. list is, never is always it. going to yeah. be um, things. So I, I tend to prioritize my to-do lists and time-wise. Um, you know, I'm lucky in the amount of time that I, I do get away from my teaching role. Um, in my leadership position so I'm very fortunate to get a good chunk of time um, roughly you know a a whole day um, in a week of release time Um, and in that time I kind of segmented in you know normally in a perfect world as a teacher I get two hours of RFF so I try and make sure in that release time I give myself two hours to do my classroom things Um, and then the rest of the time I prioritize some of those Mm. other tasks and those other jobs that Um, need to be done and yes there might be times when I work on something that's my stage focus a lot longer because that's a big ticket item or perhaps there's times when I'm working on an executive thing that's really got nothing to do with my classroom or my stage but that's the priority at this point in time because there's a deadline to me. So for me that's sort of how I in my teaching time carving out the week to get all the jobs done but I'll be honest and say you know as much as I hate it there are nights when you know the kids go to bed and I have to open the laptop and do things of a night because that's just the reality of mm. of life and yeah. you know um, but you know I always try and make a point of not once I'm home I'm home until you know the kids are in bed and tucked away, and you know, then I'll get the laptop out once because I don't want them to go. Or oh, dad comes home from work and he's on the laptop. Wow. You know, I want to have that family time, and if I need to, you know, start something at eight and work till ten thirty or eleven, I will. Um, but I try not to make a habit out of that. Um, and weekends, you... yeah. so, sorry, sorry, um, sorry. And weekends, I give myself um, Saturday. So come home Friday, nothing on Saturday. And if I need to, which I often do need to, you know, the laptop gets opened on Sunday afternoon to do some prep. Um, but I give my myself and my family um, that full Saturday to just be present and be with them. Have you always done that, or is that something which um,
0: that? Sorry, let me rephrase that question. Have you always um, had that time on a Saturday to be present and with your family, or is that has has that arisen as a necessity of your job?
1: no that's always been a um a habit so even before before I was married even um before we had kids um I always gave myself that Saturday time and that was something that my um my mentors in my early career really encouraged me to do is to not work 24 7 um but to you know give yourself that time mm. to to be a human yeah
0: yeah it's look, Aaron thank you for um thank you for your honesty um i know that sometimes uh things can get a bit
1: messy and things bleed priorities bleed into other areas Mm. and be a real challenge i mean and we'll be honest you know it's like there's seasons in everything like particularly like report writing season the the laptops open every night do you know what i mean it's there's there's times when you know you can have those boundaries in place um but There's times when it's, it's busy and I'm fortunate that my wife is a teacher as well. And so she gets it, she understands, and she knows that, you know, report season doesn't last forever, Um, but she knows she's sort of like, you know, counting down the weeks now until report season kicks in because she's like, yeah, okay, we've got a couple more weeks before it's working every night. Hopefully reports won't be too intense. Let's hope so. this term,
0: But who knows? We shall wait and see. Um, So... Aaron, do you ever get overwhelmed? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad um, you
1: do. People I know that would say horrible, but I'm glad you do because we all do. People would say I don't, um, but I think I'm, I'm. I've got good at you know looking like you know the duck where everything above the water is mm-hmm. nice and calm and smooth, and underneath that's like frantic. Um, but I do. I do get overwhelmed. Um, I just try not to put that out there. Um, on a larger scale I have people that I that I trust and I confide in and I'll talk honestly with Um, not because I don't want to be real um, but I I guess I don't I don't want to panic other people if that makes sense Um, I, I always in my leadership have wanted to be the person that brings the calm to a situation and that you know let's just stop and let's be calm but yes I do freak out and I do get overwhelmed um, but I think I've, I've learned to manage that in a way um, that tries not to I guess spread that panic or that alarm to others but manage it in a way that's healthy you know i'll I will talk honestly with people but you know um, I try not to you know yeah spread the spread the panic if that makes sense
0: no. do you think it's important to um have that person that you or that, that those groups of people that you can download to and be honest with and is that uh is that someone other than your wife
1: uh absolutely 100 percent. yeah it's really important that you have yeah. um those people that you can talk to i'm yeah. fortunate enough that you know I, I can talk openly with um you know my my supervisor my boss um you know and he's very understanding and very supportive but i I do have other people you know um whether it's in you know others on the leadership team at our school or at you know colleagues um at other schools my wife you know is a great sounding board as well because like i said she's a teacher and she gets it so i do have that ability to go home and go listen i just want to talk about this and she goes she gets it whereas sometimes i know some people go i can't talk to my partner about that because they're just like what are you talking about um but, yeah, it's definitely important that no matter who you are, no matter what position you're in, that you've got those people that you can mm. talk to about yeah. um, where you're at and how you're feeling. And sometimes, you know, they'll they'll give me an idea or they'll give me a new perspective. But, you know, sometimes I know, you know, you just want them to listen. You just want them to go, yeah, it sucks or, yeah, it's crazy. I know what you're going through. That's good marriage
0: advice as well, isn't it? Like, just just listen. Don't offer solutions. Just listen and yeah i i i've been married 13 years and i i wish i had learned that in the first 12 years um because sometimes you just need to keep your mouth
1: shut and listen that's right what do they say you got two ears and one mouth yeah yeah it's true talk, um, talk half as much as you listen isn't that that's the rule
0: <laughs> i think so i'm, I'm not sure I, just a bit of an aside aaron have you heard, heard of um dr adam fraser um, he writes a lot about those sort of transitional spaces between like home and, and, and NRK school and and for me yeah. like, hearing some of his work was really um, honestly really transformational and um, now for me it might be a, a, a phone
1: conversation with someone on the way home that isn't mm. my wife and I was wife. I yeah. was going to say that too I, I often found that I would get home and um download to my wife and I found like that was getting draining on her. Like something she had I don't want to hear, just, hear like, about it. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I do, I do, I try to do regularly. Um, I've got about a 30 to 45 minute drive on the way home. So on that drive home, I'll call somebody. Um, and have that talk if I need to have that talk so by the time I've got home I feel like I've got it out of my system if that makes sense Mm. and then I'm home and I can just be dad Um, but there are times when I don't and I do get home and go but I do try and make use of that time um, that 30 to 45 minutes to have a debrief with someone over the phone if I need to, whether it's I call my boss or I call, you know, a colleague that I know I can trust and talk to about what's going on. Um, That's been really, like, really key for me as well in wearing my wife out as my sounding board. Well, I think, um, I mean, my
0: uh, wife as well is um, from a family of teachers. Um, She decided to pursue other other, um, causes. Um, and it's, it can be really tricky, and I think, like, having those, the people that you can speak to and say, hey, like, this is really tough, or someone that understands, um, I think is, yeah, really, really, really important, and we're also trying to teach our children at the moment, and trying to model um, uh, how to say sorry quickly when you, you know, when you stuff it up, and so we're, I think we're trying to, I think I'm getting better at recognising the points in the year, the the pressure points whether it's reports whether it's end of year whether it's you just tired or cranky whether it's flu season whatever it may be and just using in my case using a bit more self-awareness and saying okay what i need to do now is actually make sure i'm in bed by a certain time i need to make sure i'm exercising. i need to make sure i'm eating properly and actually take in my point of view taking a bit more responsibility to look after myself especially in those yeah. times because um it's, it's interesting isn't it? like report season comes around every single semester we know it's coming it hasn't changed and yeah but still for some reason it's this big stress point yeah and so like for me i'm trying to use a bit more foresight and say okay what's coming Mm. up this week what's coming up next week what's coming up
1: next term and using a bit more Mm. i I think it's hard too because the nature of teaching Mm. is everything that we do in our job is not about us And Mm. so I think it seems so foreign to stop and go, I'm going to take care of myself. Mm. Yeah. That, you know, that war between Mm. self-life. Yeah, because we're not used to acting in that way. Like nothing I do in my classroom is for my benefit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so then to stop and go, like you said, I'm going to be really intentional about doing this thing for me really, I guess, is, can seem really foreign because it's not what we, what we do. It's always everything that we do is about other people, yeah. um, and even the same in leadership. It's it's so much about the others, the team, the school, the bigger picture um, that we can easily get into that I guess bad habit of neglecting ourselves, mm. and which can lead to like you said, not being self-aware um, or not having you know habits or practices in place that are going to help look after us mm. as well. Um, yeah. You know, because my first principal gave me some really great advice and he said you know the greatest teaching resource you ever have is yourself and the best thing you'll ever give to your students is a healthy and happy teacher yeah and that stuck with me because if I don't take care of myself then you know I can have a great lesson planned I can have a great whiz bang new resource but someone's got to deliver that and that person's me. And so, you know, as teachers, we have to make sure that we are, you know, taking care of ourselves because you are, as a teacher, you are the greatest resource your students have.
0: Yeah. It's ironic, isn't it, that we're talking about well being at close to nine o'clock on the second last night of school holidays. But uh, I think it's a really important conversation. And, Aaron, just um, this is a, a question uh, a little bit left of field, but what's an area? in your life that you are currently under-investing into? Oh, under-investing. I, I will answer that. I will answer, I'll put it on you first and then I will I will think of an answer but on you for sure.
1: Yeah, I I would say particularly um with lockdown and things like that my physical health mm. has really really needs improvement. So, you know, lockdown I've been trying to, you know, to be a bit more conscious of what I eat, you know, those covid kilos and you okay. know, yeah. we go we go to the park, but I do a lot of standing around. Um so you know, I I really need to sort of up my game with my steps and <laughs> things like that. Um to yeah. just be invest a little bit more into my you know physical yeah. health in the sense of you know being active and um you know thinking about what I eat that's oh, probably curious. my you know my underinvestment at the moment yeah. um and I think remote learning hasn't hasn't helped you know yeah. when we're sitting in a chair in front of a screen all day long just not being active yeah that yeah. would be that would be mine yeah
0: I would I would agree from my point of view, like I'm starting to, um, I'm starting to get back into it. Like uh, I'm starting to get back in the steps to um, the activity, to exercise, and I've forgotten how good it feels to do that stuff. And so for me, like, uh, so I've just been going. Went, last night I went downstairs to our garage, garage, and did ten minutes of skipping, and it was it was awesome. And like after three minutes, I thought. This is great. Like, why don't I do this more often? And yeah. so, for me, I think I'm starting to feel um, starting to feel normal again, um, and really prioritizing that fitness. I mean, we've got two uh, quite young children, um, and so you kind of come out of that like haze of. Wow, like mm, yep. this is my life now and so I think I'm starting to yeah starting to feel normal again I mean there's part of me that doesn't really want to go back to seeing people like I've really enjoyed this zoom thing um, but I think um, yeah I'm just trying to prioritize health and well-being a little bit more so I reckon most teachers will be struggling with that after COVID but um, yeah I would thank you for your honesty Aaron sorry for throwing that question at you no
1: it's a good question
0: um, just a couple more questions, and then we will uh, we will wrap up. I want to be uh, respectful of your time. Um, so, how are you going after COVID? It's still going on. Uh, yeah, um,
1: yeah.
0: How are you feeling? What have you, What do you think this has taught us about the role of teachers and schools? And are you feeling optimistic?
1: Um, yeah, I I I am feeling optimistic about you know, the road ahead and mm-hmm. hopefully uh, it'll be a little bit more, a little bit smoother and a little bit, you know, less with lockdown and things like that. But um, I think, you know, it's taught me a lot about what really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we probably did um, that we can't do. And um, maybe it's, it's made us ask those questions about was that, like we talked about before, was that really making an impact? Yeah. Um, and not just going back to doing what we did before because it's what we always what we always did. Because I think with remote learning and things like that, we've really had to boil everything down to the essentials, like what is essential and what is not, because we can't do it all. Um, so I think reflecting on what we do and like what really is important um in mm. teaching and learning has been a has been a highlight. Um, and I'm hopeful. I know in in for myself, for my own teaching, there's a lot of things that we've had to adapt to and try new things. And I hope some of that sticks, you know, when we return back to regular classroom teaching, whatever that that is, or however Anything that looks, that happens, yeah. however that looks may not be regular the way we knew before. But um, I hope maybe some of the things that we've had to do differently um, we will keep some of those things because I think some of them have been um, helpful and beneficial for um, many of our students. Yeah.
0: So, so true, Aaron. And um, you are a, a constant source of inspiration to me, whether over Zoom, whether in my ears on a podcast or online on Instagram. Um, it's, Thank you for everything that you are investing into our community of teachers and for the hours and hours and hours and, and the immense time that you um, that you give yourself to make our profession better. So I am endlessly grateful uh, and um, thank you. I know that there are teachers um, all around this country and indeed all around the world that, um, that find hope. In the work that you're putting forward that listen to your work and that are really inspired to get into the classroom so I can't thank you enough uh, for that and um, my final question is where can we find more out about you?
1: So you can um, follow along with, I guess, my my teaching journey. So Instagram or mm-hmm. Facebook, um, Mr. J's Learning Space on both of those platforms. Like you said, the Teach Takeaway podcast. Um, you can join us for our weekly chats um, on there and get in touch on, I guess, any of those platforms. Um, like I said, questions, I'm always open to them. So reach out. Um, one thing that I always um, say is, you know, that my social media, my inbox is always open. So, you know, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, get in touch whether it's you know you got a question or you want to connect because like like we talked about before you just want to you know Mm. form some connections with with people um, because not everybody has that in their setting you know don't do the journey of teaching on your own is my biggest I guess piece of advice to anybody so reach out yeah absolutely and um,
0: Aaron I'll make sure that all of those um that website and the links to all the stuff that you do get put in the show notes so people will have access to that but uh thank you so much for taking the time uh I will let you go and uh rest or enjoy the last few moments of our school holidays but I I'm so grateful that you take the time thank you so much
1: thanks for having me Matt it has been honestly been a privilege and um I'm so grateful for your friendship and your support and I just love what you're doing so keep it up Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Aaron. Bye-bye.
1: See
0: ya. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Art of Teaching podcast today. I hope that you, like me, got some valuable insights out of our discussion. For show notes, please visit theartofteachingpodcast.com. I've one favour to ask. If you could please head to the iTunes page of the podcast and rate and review the episode. This would really help to get the interviews and resources to as many people as possible. Also, I've created a private Facebook group so that we can continue the discussion after each episode. The link is in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and until next time.